Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children and anarchists of all ages, welcome to the Dark Lord Reapers United States of Anarchy podcast, where I am the man without a plan, the Dark Lord himself, the Knights are King, giving unapologetic truth and hardcore fact. Everything you're looking for, celebrity gossip, or just random mess, this is my podcast for you. This podcast is for real topics and real situations, and occasionally we have fun over here. Don't like what I have to say about my podcast, or just don't like me. Two words: don't listen. Boycott my podcast. Boycott my social media. Boycott anything that has my name attached to it. The block button works. It's that simple, people. Now here we are again, and you know what time it is. I'm going to give you guys my TV, movie, video game, toy, trailer, and food reviews. And boy. I have a lot, I mean a lot to cover, I've recently watched a few biopics and a few shows on Netflix, as well as a few returning shows, so hold on tight, let's have some fun. And we're back, so I am going to review the Netflix, the newest Netflix animated series to hit out, to hit this month called Cuphead, which is based on the 2017 independent video game that was all over PlayStation and Xbox. It's based on the, the inspiration for the animation is based on the horse style, the rubber horse, sorry, the rubber horse style of animation, which a lot of people called the golden age of animation here in America. So let's get into season one of Cuphead. So Cuphead and his um and his brother Mughead are two kids. Well, you know, the animation is pretty cool. So anyway, they're supposed to be doing chores. First episode is they're supposed to be doing chores, painting a wall, painting the fence that they destroyed. And, well, they didn't destroy it. Cuphead tried to use cannon to blast paint on the fence and it backfired and destroyed the fence so they had to go get materials to build a new fence. Cuphead gets distracted by a carnival, a local carnival but when you look at the spelling it says carnival so little does he know the the carnival is owned by the devil himself and when someone loses a game, he collects their soul. So Cuphead gets distracted and starts playing a game. And he loses, so his, he was supposed to lose his soul. His brother, Mughead, who didn't even want to go, grabs his souls and puts it back in his body. So now, Cuphead is the one guy who escaped the devil. And they destroyed all the, they somehow destroyed all the rides and everyone got their soul back. So now the devil has a grudge. It's filled with zany characters, like those type of characters that we're used to. It's appropriate for kids, it's fun to watch. I give it a, 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 I give it a nine out of 10. And I'm interested to see where it goes from here in terms of season two. I'm, I'm patiently waiting for what happens in season two. But when we come back 
ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to review the recent release of Hasbro action figures that are coming out later this year. And we are back. So in this segment, I wanted to go over some new Hasbro reveals from the for the Marvel Legends line. And boy, they are basically trying to take everybody's money. So let's start off with what has been revealed. One of the newest Marvel heroes, Marvel Comics heroes to be introduced, Blue Marvel, is finally making his action figure debut in a wave that is coming after the Doctor Strange Universe of Masters of Madness wave. And I like it. I like the color details. I like is the articulation of standard and the accessories that come with it. And we're getting a lot of and as for the G.I. Joe 6 inch classified, we are finally getting a Sergeant Slaughter and we're getting the twins. Tomax and Zeomax, the Cobra Twins. So we're getting them as well as one of the first members of the Dreadnoughts. So I'm excited to see that paint job. And I saw a teaser for one of the heavy hitters from the G.I. Joe um, mythos, Bazooka. So now all we need is Ripcord and Tunnel Rat, and I will be happy. But the price, the prices are getting a little... I'm getting a lot of mixed information. One minute they're saying it's um, $22.99, and next minute it's going to be $25.99. Hasbro, make up your mind. As a matter of fact, Hasbro, keep it at $19.99, something that people can afford, because ain't you noticed? I mean, the prices, like, we appreciated the $9.99. Like, where are we supposed to get money from? But that's neither here nor there. I'm just excited to see it happen. As well in toy reviews, toy reveals, um, NECA has revealed has released the unarmored Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles last Ronin action figure. And the accessories look amazing. Now, if you have not read the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles last role in story story arc. It's worth your while. It's a what if scenario. It's a, a it's like an alternate universe. It's a what if scenario. So go check that out while you can. As well as McFarlane's DC Multiverse toy line. Um, we got. The new, another new character that has recently appeared in the comics and is a part of the Batman mythos, Ghostmaker. Now, Ghostmaker, the character Ghostmaker, a quick backstory, is a character that has always been around. In fact, he trained alongside Bruce Wayne when he was becoming Batman, when he was trained to be Batman. So, I'm interested to see all of this. Um... I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far, and I can't wait for um, New York Comic Con so we can see what other figures are on the way from Hasbro. Hasbro is basically knocking it out of the park. I'm, oh, yeah, before I forget, Hasbro, for every good ones, Hasbro does some ones that is like, what were you thinking? 
we the Star Wars fans have been waiting for a six inch black Cursarian figure. And you basically give us a repaint of Chewbacca with armor on it. Like, that's not gonna fly. Like, we need a good black Cursarian. Like, don't, don't, don't do, don't do that to us, man. Don't do us like that. And we're getting a updated version of Cad Bane, how he looked during the Bad Batch. So I don't know if they're gonna reissue, re-release the Cad, the Clone Wars version of Cad Bane. That would be nice if they did that, as well as they put out the shirtless version of Darth Maul with no shirt. That's a pretty nice collector's edition. That's like showing him when he was training before he went out and killed his first Jedi behind Sidious's back. So I'm getting off topic here. Like, yo, improve that, 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 that Black Casario. That, that, that's a little, that was not cool. That was not cool. So, that's it for my tour reviews. So when we come back, I'm going to get into all episodes leading up to the season finale of Power Book 2 Ghost. And we're back, so we are going to go over the season finale of Power Book 2 Ghost and everything that led up to it. So, as per the norm, Power delivers when it comes to the season finale. And boy, did they. Let me go, let me start off with what happened. The last episode I reviewed, it was basically the aftermath of what happened at that hellacious dinner table, which is possibly one of the most, was going to go down in history as powers, the power universe's most what the hell moments. Zeke basically wants nothing to do with Monet because... You know, she lied to him for his entire life. He's trying to get his life back on track. Like, you know, because he's looking forward to the draft. The Sacramento Kings are now interested in him. But he found not only found out via Diana that his auntie is really his mother, but he's actually four years older than he actually thought he was. He, the whole time he thought that he was 19, when in reality he was 23. So, according to NCC, NCCA regulations, he lied on the application, so it makes him ineligible. So, after some schmoozing, uh, excuse me, that's better. After some smoothing, listening to his now father, Dante, we'll get to him in a second, he basically is like, okay, he'll hear Monet's side of the story. Monet basically said she had him at 16, and she was trying to show everyone that she could do it, but she couldn't, so she was sent down south to have the baby, and when she had it, they left him there, and she said when they were, when they arranged for him to come to school at Stanfield, she was just happy being his aunt. So basically, she said after he gets drafted, he's gone, he'll never... They will never, he'll never have anything to do with either one of them again. Well, that went up in smoke because his actual birth certificate became public knowledge. How? No one knows. 
Who knows? It possibly was Dante that made that public knowledge because the only people that knew the truth about his actual age were the people in the um, Tejada family, and nobody was going to mess up Zeke's opportunity. So now we get... So now let's talk to talk about Mr. Dante. He's walking around like he's some big time drug kingpin. The whole time he was a king snitch. He was the king snitch. He was the king snitch the whole time. And the season finale basically set up for what's to come in the next season. Because it's been confirmed that season three is going to be happening. You heard it here first. So, what do I expect from season three? I expect now that Tariq told Monet that he's officially out of the game. Like, he's done. Speaking of which, he actually did the not selfish thing. He actually did the right thing. He got Yasmin. He got back custody of Yasmin. But he handed her over to his mother, Tasha, who's been in hiding all this while. Rightfully so. Because of basically everything that's happened, you could say, is her fault. Because she's the one that pumped up her son to kill Ghost. So basically all of the situations that have happened, it comes back to her choices and mistakes. But that's neither here nor there. I'm not the type of person to kick a dead horse, so to speak. So basically, Monet, at the end of the episode, Monet finds out that Zeke was killed by the same officer that was trying to, that interrogated him. So, and we all know it was Lorenzo that killed him, accidentally, but I fault Lorenzo, because it's like, you've met Zeke, and you know what Mecca, aka Dante, looks like, how do you confuse the two of them? That makes no sense. Kane, 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 Kane. If jealousy was a person, or a hater, what it means to be a hater was a person, it would be Kane Tejada. Basically, Kane was put to task by Mecca to kill his father, Lorenzo. And originally, like any good son, he said no. But because Monet revealed to him that Tariq killed his own father, he was ready to do it. It was like, yo, you just, like, he's legitimately jealous of Tariq and I don't get it if you look down on Tariq and all that like why are you jealous of someone that you look at yourself as superior to I'll never understand that poor Lauren she got killed and it was I predicted her death I knew it was gonna happen but I predicted that it would be Diana that either killed her or Kane got her killed one of the two but it wasn't far off. So I guess what happened to Lauren is was Therese like, you know, this is an innocent person. They had nothing to do with anything. Speaking of which, <laughs> Councilman Tate got what he wanted. He got his rival to step down and he got back into the political circuit. So ultimately, I give the season finale a 10 out of 10. My predictions for season three is that the Tejadas are going to end up now that they don't have any they don't have a plug anymore because um, Monet killed the plug and that, F, that federal agent that was investigating the murder of Ghost prior 
she's back in the picture. And apparently, Mecca was her CI. So, and she saw Tariq, and she said, Tariq, Tariq St. Patrick, you need to get it. So she knows he was there, but once again, he did not pull the trigger. So she's going to be investigating not just Tariq, but the Tejada. So it's a good thing Course Correct was, set, was shut down. And there's going to be a lot of fallout. Like, bodies are going to drop around Tariq. The question is, is he going to be on the trip? Is he going to be the one pulling the trigger? So that's all I have to say about Power Book 2 Ghost Season Finale Review. So when we come back in my next segment, I'm going to review the much-anticipated Power Book 4 Force. And we're back. So in this segment, I am going to go over the much-anticipated premiere and the first few episodes of Power Book 4 Force which focuses on the white Grim Reaper in the blue Camaro himself, Tommy Egan. Now, the storyline picks up right where it left off from the original Power series. Um, Tommy is supposed to be going to California, as planned, to work for his new Kinect. But he gets sidetracked and ends up in Chicago. And boy, as the trailer said, new city, new players same ruthless Tommy and we're introduced to the demographic of how things are set up but before I get into that Tommy goes and visits a long lost grandmother that we didn't know about and he meets he finds out that he has a half brother and it's interesting and the storyline with the brother is interesting enough we we are introduced to one group the CBI Chicago Brothers Incorporated who are a street gang that, you know, had control over one side of town. And the head, the former head of the CBI, Diamond, he gets out of prison, and he's a competent barber. And his brother, um, Jerome, or I think Julian, or I can't remember his name at the moment, is there to pick him up. And it seems as if, Tom, as soon as if it seems as if Diamond is having a change of heart of how he used to do things, and he wants to... He's leaning more legitimate these days. And that's okay. I mean, everybody gets to the point where they say, you know, I'm just gonna rock this way. I don't want to get involved in a certain way. And then we have the counterpart, the Flynn family, who are, who are of Irish descent. Now, watching this show, I had no idea that Chicago was so racially divided. Even Tommy was like, are you serious? Like, because remember, Tommy comes from one of the biggest melting pots in the world, Queens, New York. And all walks of life live in Queens. So, it's not really, so he didn't grow up with the whole, oh, I don't deal with black people. I only deal with white people scenario. He didn't grow up like that. So it's a new adjustment. He has a new girlfriend who is apparently the on-again, off-again girlfriend of the son of Big Walter Flynn. So him and Tommy are going to have some interactions. And a few ghosts from Tommy's past, pun intended, have come back to haunt him. Key word, from the first season, one of their runners who got her face cut by the assassin with the pink shoes 
that was sent away, even though Tommy said we should kill her, she, um, Ghost showed her mercy, so now she's back working for Tommy again, and now the, um, another group that Tommy and Ghost murdered this man, because he had them under thumb, in the last episode came back, so I'm interested to see where it goes, and rumor has it that stars, the networks that give out power, the power series, the power universe, is not renewing Power Book or Force for season two, and Fifty Cents is not happy about that. Rumor has it. It's I don't know if it's true or untrue, or people are just spreading stories for whatever. But we'll see what happens as the season progresses. So I'm I like it so far. So when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to give you the most up-to-date review of The Cleaning Lady. And we're back. So in this segment, I wanted to go over the most recent episodes of The Cleaning Lady. And this show has um, really intrigued me because it's showing the world the lengths a good mother will go to for her child and it shows the dark side of being an undocumented immigrant in America and the things that you have no choice to put up with. So, the last couple of episodes, Tony, she got um, the FBI agent to get her out, her and her sister-in-law, to get her out of, to get them out of ICE custody after they almost were deported. And Basically, Tony's sister-in-law is upset because it's like, hold up, you lying to me, like, you not telling me everything that's going on. So she feels a way about it, which naturally she would feel a way. So we're finally officially introduced to Tony's husband. And we find and we see why she took their son and brought him to America with the risk, with all the risk involved. We finally see that firsthand come to find out he has a problem with gambling and we'll get to that in a second so Armand her Tony's employer who works for Hayek who is some big time drugs I mean sorry he's a gun runner after he found out he found he finds out that Tony has been pinched by the FBI and is being forced to give up information on him and his or and Hayek and his organization if not um agent Garrett that's his name is going to have her and her whole family deported that's the only thing over her head he has over her head because technically she's not a snitch she's not even a witness because she didn't sign any paperwork and I predicted it. I, well, me and my mother were watching it. And I told her, I said, that's how it starts. They said, oh, all you got to do is this, and then you won't have any trouble. Then after you do that, it's okay, now we need you to do this. Now we need you to do that. Then it's to the point where you can't stop. So under normal circumstances, she'd have told them, look, if she if it was a regular American citizen that committed no crimes, was just doing their job, it'd be like, yo, get out of my face. You want dirt on them? Go get it yourself. Which should have happened, but he's leveraging her immigration status which is pretty low and it's putting her in a very dangerous position because Hayek if you remember for those of you who have watched the show Hayek already was calling for her head 
because of what she witnessed. So now that we've caught up, so the her husband comes and she informs him that um, Armand is willing to pay for her, um, the surgery that their son needs so he can start to do the hormone therapy. And he's not happy about it. Now, I get it. Any husband worth his salt, any man worth his salt, is going to be like, hold up, why is this dude giving my wife all this money? Is something going on here? But at the same time, in, a, in the situation that he is in, you just need to, be, you know, swallow your pride and be like, yo, thank you, you know, for helping my son out, because obviously, at the moment, I can't do it. So he gets in his feelings, and he goes down to the club and confronts Armand. And it's like, are you serious right now, my man? You gonna confront a dude that can have you disappeared without even thinking about it? That's who you gonna confront? See, that's why I tell people all the time, when you're upset, take a second, breathe, calm down, and evaluate the situation and the best way to move forward. Because if you don't, you will find yourself in a situation, you will make a situation that was simple and could have been handled one way, gonna make it 10 times worse. And when you make it 10 times worse, there is no coming back. So, Eddie did make the situation tense for her at work. But here's what this little jackass does. As I mentioned earlier, he has a gambling problem. He goes and takes the 20,000 that Tony saved up for their son's operation and gambles it because he's trying in his mind he's trying to make more money okay I get it but dogs that was a bad risk he was up uh, now when we pick up with the episode he was up a hundred thousand that was more than enough he could have walked away but he has a he has a problem so he lost a hundred thousand well he didn't lose all of it he came back with at least 5000 on top of the 20000 that was saved. But that's not the point, my man. That was a bad risk. So, obviously, Tony, she's upset and tells him straight up, you can't be trusted. And she is right. Oh, yeah, before that happened, Armand put her on to an underground organization that sells, that lives, that's on the other side of Mexico, that sells um, organs. People sell their organs to get passage into America, which is like, that's kind of messed up, but desperate, you know when people are desperate, people will take advantage of you when you're in a desperate situation, which is pretty messed up. And the fact that she was even considering it says a lot, but she said, nah, she can't do it. And I respect Tony for standing on integrity. Not too many people, when in a desperate situation, will throw their integrity out the window. So I respect the character for that. So now that we're all caught up with what's happened so far, so Hayat, so Armand's girlfriend, obviously is jealous because Armand, even though he's married to this girl over here, he's he's trying to he's attracted to Tony, obviously, and his boss's daughter, they had a thing going on, Hayak, now, because of what Tony revealed to him with, with Agent Garrett and the FBI, Armand figures, you know what, I'ma sell these guns that I got for Armand from Hayak, and I'ma do it independently and get out from under him, and I'm gonna throw 
Hayek underneath the bus, which is basically his best and only option. It's still snitching, but I get it. I understand. Because if the roles were reversed, Armand would be going to jail for a long time. But Hayek figured out that what Armand was doing with the guns and basically arranged for him to be killed. He doesn't know about the feds yet, but he will. So, I'm looking forward to see what comes next. So when we come back, we are going to review two series, two shows that are very popular on Netflix that are based on true events. We are going to review The Tender Swindler and Inventing Anna. And we're back. So in this segment, I wanted to do a two-for-one special. The Tinder Swindler and Investing Anna. Now, these two series, one is a, mo- a docu-series, one is a documentary, one is a biopic series. Uh, you could say it's a, a mini-series. And it's about two interesting people. One's name is Simon, the other one's name is Anna. And you could say that they are some of the biggest scammers I've ever seen in my life. Now let's get into the Tinder swindler. So we got this dude Simon who's on Tinder, which is a dating app for those people who don't know and live under a complete rock like myself. And he goes after women and starts dating these women. And then after a while he starts asking them for money. But before we get into that, he puts that he's some Iranian prince or he comes from a rich family background. And he basically takes these women for everything they have. Like he even had one woman take out a $100,000 loan for him. Like what the hell? Like I'm just gonna say this dude's name is Sweet Dick Willie. Cause I need to know. What the hell he said to these women between the sheets that they just decided uh, in private <laughs> to, 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 to fall for this? So basically, he tells them that he's in trouble. He sends them the same MO that he got in trouble. Somebody, his enemies are at, his father's enemies are after him, and he can't get this money and have them taking out loans, doing all, all types of craziness. Eventually, he did get caught and was brought to jail. And he, after everything that he's done, the fraud, all of that, he gets 15 months in jail, only does three out of those 15 months. And he's right back out here doing the same thing. In fact, he's on his way to... He's not only trying to sue Netflix for the series because he claims it's defamation of character. They lied on him. He's actually back on, twin, on Tinder doing the same thing all over again. And on top of that, he's in Hollywood trying to do, get his own dating show. We done messed around and made this man famous. Looks like Tiger King all over again. And I never even watched Tiger King. So let's get into investing Anna. Now, Anna, now Anna, she basically infiltrated Manhattan's elite, so to speak. Upper, I hate, once again, I hate referring to those people who have money as elite because they are not elite. I'm pretty sure if they lost all their money now, they wouldn't know what to do with themselves. Because me personally, I said it once and I said it again. Someone that is elite is someone that you can put into any situation with or without money and they'll come out smelling like roses. 
that is someone who is elite. But anyway, um, she infiltrated their high society and made fools out of them. Because yes, she what she did was fraud. She committed a lot of fraud. But at the same time, it takes two to tango, people. If I, if I'm coming to you for business and you're giving me all this money, you didn't decide to look into my finances, look into what I got going on. And as we speak now, she got sentenced to do 15 years, but only did three of the 15 years. And she has reached, it has been brought to my attention that she is in an ICE detention center. Now, I'm not gonna lie, Anna has the gift of gab. She got the gift of gab, just like Simon. But the difference is, she was doing the wrong things for the right purposes. Her family basically, you could say they indirectly disowned her and owned, eh, it's a mess. But it says a lot about the upper society, like, upper society. It says a lot about them. Because they went and, and believed in her based off of her appearance. They basically were fooled because of her appearance. Now, this is the part that gets on my nerves about Anna. She blew trial already. She already blew trial. You blow trial again because of she turned her court thing into a fashion show. Like, what the hell? Like, she didn't even take the situation as seriously as she should have took it. Her friend Rachel, she's a, uh, her friend Rachel's an asshole. I mean, you basically went on, uh, watch it for you. I'm not trying to spoil it for you guys, but I recommend watching it because there's a lesson to learn behind watching both Tinder Swindler and um, inventing, inventing Anna because there's a lesson to be learned behind both those stories. And people need to pay attention to the lesson and there's a message behind it. Um, the acting and inventing Anna, um, the main, one of the main characters was portrayed by a young actress. I followed her career. She used to be, for those of you who remember the show, she played, um, she was on One Life to Live. Um, what was it? Star. Star Manning. She played Star Manning for years on the hit, um, soap opera One Life to Live that ended about a couple of, like, ended 10 or so years ago. So it was good to see her back and mature and play a, a role outside of that character. Um, Laverne Cox, who we all know from Orange is the New Black, she plays, um, the trainer. The personal trainer. Um, Laverne Cox recently landed herself in potentially hot water, but she apologized to the people that she's offended. Because remember, you don't do celebrity gossip over here. So, Tinder Swindler, Inventing Anna, I give a 10 out of 10. Go check it out. It's worth your while. You may learn something. When we come back, we are going to go over the much anticipated Batman movie. And we're back, so in this segment, I am going to review the most recent iteration of The Batman. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, so if you have not seen The Batman yet, 
skip over this segment of the podcast and come back to it after you have seen it. Now, I'm going to say this. This is the best Batman I have seen in a long time. This guy, this Batman officially topped Ben Affleck's version of Batman. Ben Affleck's version of Batman is cartoon accurate. Nothing's wrong with it. But this Batman is accurate to the comics. This is the darkest version of Batman we have ever seen live action and possibly ever will see. Robert Patterson did an amazing job as Batman. Like, this is, we got the detective side of Batman in this version of the film. Like, in this iteration, this was like the detective Batman. Because we don't normally get to see Batman in his detective mode, investigating, trying to figure stuff out. We mostly see the action version. Um, Colin Farrell as the Penguin did an amazing job. We could have used the British accent, but we got an Italian accent. For the first time, we have seen a live-action version of, of, what's his name, Falcone, the original mob boss before Gotham went to hell. Um, Zoe Kravitz did an amazing job as Catwoman. So let me give you guys, so for those of you who are going to go see it, so you're not surprised, before you go see the film, go watch. Batman, go read Batman Zero Year and Batman No Man's Lab so you can understand what is going on. This isn't so much of an origin movie because we've gotten, we've got an origin movie with the trilogy, which personally I put up with it, but now that we got this version, to hell with that version. Sorry, um, Christian Bale, but anyway, so this basically picks up Two years after Batman, Bruce Wayne became Batman. So, Zero Year is still going. This is post-Long Halloween. Batman the Long Halloween. So, Batman has officially been Batman for almost a year and change now. So, that's why his costume looks the way it does. And his fighting doesn't look as smooth as it should look the batmobile loved it it looks like fast and the fury but it's one of the original batmobiles if you read the comics you would know and this outfit is one of the earlier designs for bats it also showed the cameras so basically he wears contact lenses that are actual cameras so whatever he sees he records and he gets on them so when he goes back to batcave he can see the things that he missed, that he, oh, that he saw, but didn't get a chance to really look at it, and he could analyze it. The Riddler was the Riddler. Now, if you read Batman Zero Year, you would know that according to that version, this version, which is a part of the DC Rebirth, the Riddler was the first Batman villain to appear. Because mind you, the mob is still in control of Gotham City. And basically, that's the, the gist of the film. He's breaking down the corruption that even affects his, that even his family, quote-unquote, kind of had a hand in. I'll let you see that for yourself. But the ending sets up 
Part two, which I have confirmed is coming out at a later date, probably in 2023, 2024. And it sets up the war of jokes and riddles. Hint, hint. Because if you see the final scene, you know who's in the cell next to the Riddler. And the actor that plays the Riddler did an amazing job. They did amazing casting because the Riddler is supposed to be this wimpy looking guy. So they did a pretty good job. And they made a reference to a character that can appear later on without even saying his name. They made a very good reference to him by the Batman using a substance that is associated more with this character. You guessed it. They, the Batman used Venom in this scene, in this movie. And he went into straight up roid rage. So, with that be, yes, for those of us who read the comics, you would know back in the early days of Batman's iteration, the Silver Age of comics, you would know that Batman regularly did use Venom to keep up, but he realized he was addicted and he went through detox and got it out of his system. So, Venom has been around longer than the character who I am talking about has been around. So, I give it, I give the Batman 10 out of 10. Go see it and enjoy it. When we come back, I'm going to go over the new trailer for Mayans MC. And we're back. So in this segment, I'm going to do some trailer reviews. So we recently got a trailer for Mayans MC Season 4, which is supposed to come out next month. And it's answering a lot of the cliffhangers. A lot of what we suspected with the cliffhangers that we were left with in Season 3. For those of you who don't remember... I'm going to briefly go over it. So, there has been an internal war going on between the Mayans, all going back to the gun and drug trade. So, it starts off, the trailer starts off once again with Easy doing some burpees. And he has a full Maqua Beetle tattoo. That's the symbol on their, their, their center patch. He has a full Maqua Beetle tattoo on his Maqua Beetle tattoo on his chest. And it looks like it's a full-on war. We see Coco running for his life in a flash. So we don't... Now, if we remember, Coco is out bad. So I don't know if he's going to be brought back to the club or he's just going to be running around doing what he does because they're going to need him. And the only person that can save um, Sancho Padre, in my opinion, is Alvarez. He's the only one that can save him at this point. So we're gonna look. We're gonna wait to see that. And while we're on the subject of FX shows, how about Snowfall? Oh my God, Snowfall has given me like this new season is basically it's turned up. So it's st- it starts off showing that um, Franklin is back on top of his game. He's back on top, and since the absence of Teddy, his original contact and the CIA guy, he's been working with another one, and he's become the middleman for Coke. 
and now they're iterating the crash units. Um, for those of you who don't understand what the crash units are, it's a LA task force specifically ta- that is made up to spe- specifically to target suspected street gang members and drug dealers. So we see Leon is still in the drug game, and he's doing what he's, he's basically control of the projects. His once his one time girlfriend Wanda, she's a hundred percent clean, sober, got her life together. I'm happy for that, but she went and asked Franklin for a job because the job that she was doing, the telemarketing thing, yeah, it was ugly. So Scully, still crazy Scully, still crazy Scully, and from what I see, there is going to be a gang war between the Crips and the Bloods in the show, even though they have never called them Crips or Bloods. If you know, you know. If you don't know, you don't know. So Aunt Louie and Uncle, they have been working working independently of Franklin. But because of Teddy coming back in the picture, Franklin's telling them that, yeah, you guys can't work independent anymore. He wants us all back under the same umbrella. Franklin got himself a little girlfriend, and she's pregnant. So I foresee something happening to her in the near future. But let me, I'm gonna end this episode here. Tune in next time when I have my first ever women's forum where I give women the platform to speak on certain things. I ask questions and I just let them talk. I'm gonna have a few entrepreneurs on the show as well as some familiar guests that have been on the been on the platform before so until next time people rage against the machine always seek truth love peace chicken grease deuces